Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. Everyone said? Amen. Let's take our seats. God's good. He's a good God. I can't wait to Sundays just to be in the presence of Jesus. <coughs> last week we started a series on prayer. Who was here last Sunday night? Saw the War Room movie? And that's so powerful. If you haven't seen that movie yet, you can get it through Kurong or someone said it's even available in the secular stores now uh, on DVD. It's a great story that will store, stir you with the power of prayer. And I've watched it three times now. Every time I watch it, I get stirred again and again. And I just encourage you um, to let prayer burn in your heart. Last Sunday, I talked about God wants to call us face-to-face communication with Him. With him. God's calling us face-to-face. In the Old Testament, <coughs> if you saw the face of God, the Bible says you could die. But we see that Moses didn't die. Gideon didn't die, but God's grace came. In the New Testament, we live under a new covenant. And when Jesus died on the cross, the curtain was torn in two from top to bottom. And we have access into the holy presence of God every day of our lives that we choose to by His Spirit. Doesn't mean we treat His uh, presence lightly. It is an awesome thing to be in the presence of Almighty God. But God's calling us. And Jesus, He prayed. He lived in an amazing place with his father, but he prayed every day. It says often he went out and uh, spent time with God. He found that place on a mountain. We don't have many mountains here, so we're in trouble. But a mountain is just a place where you can get apart from the busyness of life. You turn the telly off. You go for a walk on the beach. You find a quiet spot in your home where you can just take some time in the presence of God. And uh, Jesus taught us to pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And that's uh, found in uh, Matthew nine thirteen. And that's not really the Lord's prayer, it's the disciples' prayer because he taught us to pray that way. And it's not meant to be just a prayer that we say it, Uh, every night or when we're in church it's a prayer of relationship it's a prayer of connection and communication and I shared last week Moses was one of those most amazing guys he had face-to-face communication with God 40 days on the mountain came down the people sinned he broke the tablets had to go up for another 40 days and uh, it says many times the praise of God came at the tent of meeting and they communicated face-to-face they put a veil over his face at times because he glowed so much. And when it was starting to fade, they put this um, veil over his face. The glory of God shone in his life. And when Jesus came, he spent time with the Father. He heard what God wanted to say and do every day. And I know that as many of us walk this journey of prayer afresh this year, that you're going to meet with God face to face. Your heart is going to come alive. You're going to enjoy His presence, the life of the Spirit. God's going to speak to you again and again and again. And I just, I just think it's awesome that God speaks today. That Pastor Doug's sitting there worshiping and changing his communion message because the Spirit of God spoke to his heart. The Holy Spirit speaks to us while we're praying or worshiping. And God wants you to have that every day of your life. Not just when you're in church, but when you're getting up to go and teach or to work in your um, shop or 
when you get up and look after your family. The Spirit of God wants to speak heart to heart, face to face with you every day. And like Doug was saying, it's we're not doing it on our own. It's the presence of Jesus with us. And I believe God's calling us on a journey of walking, communicating with our Lord every day. And the Holy Spirit has come to reveal the Father to us. And uh, Jesus took Peter, James and John up the mountain with him one day. He says, hey, come up here, guys. I want to show you something. And he got glorified at the transfiguration. His whole face and everything glowed and the guys were just so amazed and Peter made the classic mistake like most Christians do when they have an encounter with God they want to stay there he said let's build some houses and let's all stay here and just enjoy this awesome glory moment Jesus said no father said no listen to him go down off the mountain take what you've just learned and set the young boy free of evil spirits we go to the mountain we go to the place of God's presence we live in that and then we live out in our broken world bringing the light and the presence of Jesus, touching heaven, changing earth. And so God has called us to be that. The Lord wants to be close to us. He loves you and longs for a daily growing relationship with trust, sharing, praise, and worship. I want you to come with your prayer requests. Don't try and do it on your own. We're crazy, aren't we? We do all this stuff, try to work out the problem, then we're saying, oh, well, maybe we should pray. Why don't we pray to start with instead of waiting till the end? We try to get it all sorted. God says, come, come and enjoy my presence because there's such a, a, a love and a drawing and relationships are built on trust, communication, common interest, honesty, time together. And for us to know him and him to know us, we've got to open up our heart and give him access to the secret things of our life. Uh-oh. Most of us have got a few things buried in our hearts that we don't want anyone to know about. But our Father already knows, but He wants you to let Him come because He will not condemn you. He will heal your heart. And when we walk in prayer, one of the things I want to share today, when we walk in prayer, it's not just so that you can pray for your family and the not yet Christians around you so they'll get saved. That's awesome. Do you know what happens when you pray? You change. When you start praying for your neighbors, guess what? God fills you with a compassion and a love for them. When you start praying for your husband or your wife or your kids or your parents or Uncle Sam, who's a, a, a real challenge in the family, you start praying, and well, guess what? God starts to give you insight of what's really going on in that person's life. You start to have love and compassion. You start to get discernment on what are the real issues to pray for and take authority over. When you pray... You change, and then other things will change around us. That's what I've learned. Our lives get changed the more we take time in prayer and worship with our God. I was really stirred. I shared this with the young at hearts on Wednesday. Revelation 1, verses 9 and 10. Let's have a look at these verses. And then 12 to 18. John, he had a revelation of Jesus. Revelation 1, 9 and 10. I, John, your brother and companion in the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance that are ours in Jesus, was on the Isle of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. On the Lord's day, I was in the spirit and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet. I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. I love that. He heard a voice, so he turned around to see the voice. When God gets your attention... You will turn 
to see and listen. He turned to see and listen. And he saw seven golden lampstands. And among the lampstands was someone like a son of man dressed in a robe reaching down to his feet and with a golden sash around his chest. The hair on his head was white like wool, as white as snow. And his eyes were like blazing fire. Oh. There have been times when I've come to God and and you know he loves you and he's looking into your heart and soul. And you've got a choice right then to pull back out of fear and condemnation, thinking I'm not worthy and I've got too much stuff to sort out in my life. Or you can reach into his love because the blazing eyes are eyes of love and fire to help release your soul, not to condemn you or to judge you. The enemy will lie to you and say, you're not good enough to have this experience, back off. I know some people, they've got close to God and then they've backed off because they think, I'm not worthy of that. Hey, in Jesus, we have a robe of righteousness and we are loved. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus came to reveal our Father so that we could know him and he could come and know us. Oh, God. So John has this revelation. He sees the Jesus' eyes like blazing fire. And then it says, His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace. His voice was like the sound of rushing waters. Sometimes when we're worshipping, I just hear this sound. I hear this sound. It's like there's not just 200 people singing here. It's like there's thousands. Because I hear the sound of rushing waters. And I had the privilege of going to uh, Canada 22 years ago to the Toronto uh, revival that was happening there. Had one day off and we went to uh, Niagara Falls. And uh, that was a day, an unforgettable day, with 20 Aussie pastors paying out the Canadian bus driver. So that was a fun day. But when we got to the falls and you put on this little uh, yellow raincoat, plastic raincoat, because you're going to get covered by the spray. The spray is so huge, they can see it on a good day from Toronto, 100 kilometers away. The spray from going to the falls rises so high in the sky, it's like a cloud of mist they can see 100 kilometers away. And you can go through these tunnels that were there for the... uh, hydroelectricity and you can stand about a meter or two meters at most from the waterfall rushing down in front of you You're about halfway down the, and it's just like this cascade of millions of liters of water roaring past you it's just this roar and I stood there and I became transfixed for a couple of moments I had an encounter with God while I watched this waterfall I, it was like I remembered this scripture the sound of rushing waters and I thought Lord This is one small part of your amazing creation on earth and you're just revealing your greatness and your power. Lord, help me never to doubt that you are powerful enough to sort out my life. Help me never to doubt that you won't answer my prayers. Help me never to doubt that you're still not in charge of of this earth. And that was 22 years ago. Every time I speak about it, I'm reminded of how awesome our God is. And some of you have had those moments where God has given you an encounter and he wants to remind you today when you take time with him he will reveal himself to you so John goes on sound of 
uh, rushing waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and coming out of his mouth was a sharp double-edged sword. His face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance. Wow. The light. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead and now look, I'm alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. Adam and Eve were created in the image of God to rule this earth. The enemy, the liar, the deceiver, deceived them and they sinned and handed over the keys to Satan. Jesus came back to destroy the enemy and to take the keys back of death and hell and eternity. And he has the keys. And when he sent his spirit and Jesus said, I'm going to send you out and you have the keys. So in Jesus' name, we have keys to bring life and freedom and power. And we need to live in that authority and set people free and see our cities changed by the power of the name of Jesus. They go, oh, I'm just one person. No, you're more than one person because God lives within you. So now you are connected to Almighty God. And together we have that authority and power to set people free. And that revelation, it stirs my heart every time I read it. Because only a few months ago I was in the front row here worshipping. And I've shared this with some of you, but it really still burns in my heart. We were worshipping and I felt the atmosphere change. And then I saw this picture of the statue of Jesus, the one that's over Rio de Janeiro, about 30 meters tall. But it quickly changed from a statue over a city to a living Christ standing over Harvey Bay. And I just started to get so filled with his presence. And I saw Jesus, and the more we worshiped and prayed, the larger he became in my vision. And he was standing over this city, and his right hand, he had a huge big sword. And I said, Lord, what's that for? He said, that's to destroy the works of the evil one that's destroying people's lives across this city and community. And the other hand, he had this huge big bucket or container. It was spilling over with liquid. I said, Lord, what's that? He said, that's living water and liquid love I'm going to pour across this city and community. And I saw it going house to house, street to street. And every house and every person touched something changed in their lives. And I thought, Lord, I, so every time I read this, every time I worship now, I see that in the Spirit. And God has given you visions and scriptures. It mightn't be as dramatic as that one, but God's given me that one because I need it as a pastor and, and a leader of the churches in the city. God knows I need that so I can continue to move forward in His grace and power. God will give you what you need to lead your family, to step up and fulfill your ministry as a chaplain in a school or a doctor or a nurse or whatever God's called you to do. He will give you the vision and the reality of his word so that you can live you can overcome and not set back and say oh woe is us things are getting so dark don't curse the darkness just turn on more lights speak the name of jesus every time you pray in the name of jesus you're turning on a light you're releasing the finished work of the cross over your people and your situation and god's calling us to declare the name of jesus release the light and freedom over our city over our community over the people in your world and so John fell down dead and God says, no, get up. I'm with you. I want to talk about praying the prayer of faith today. We need to pray in faith. So often we start praying out of desperate need, sometimes out of worry or anxiety. But God says, pray the prayer 
of faith. It's okay to come out of need, help. It's okay to have the, the help prayers. But don't stay in the place of help. Move into a place of faith and a promise from God in, into it. James 5.13 says, Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith, there it is, not in fear, in faith, will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Boy, we need to read that over and over again. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And when God says powerful, He means powerful. Holy Spirit says, I will come with power. And that word comes from dunamis, which means dynamite. I wonder how many dynamite prayers you've been praying. Or saying, Lord, help me. I'm not sure if I'm going to make it through the day. How about some dynamite prayers? God, we need some help. We need some things to change in our family. God, we need some things to turn around. Like we saw in the War Room movie. When she got a hold of it, she started to pray the promises of God. Say, I'm going to fight for my marriage. I'm going to fight for my joy. I'm going to fight for my family. I'm not going to bow down and let this destroy me any longer. We need some dynamite in our prayers. Then faith will release that. You say, oh, I've prayed that sort of prayer once and it didn't work out. Well, pray it again. As soon as you've got to throw a few hand grenades in, one mightn't do the trick. You need to keep throwing in the hand grenades. Keep throwing in whatever God says and don't back off. Because God says to persevere in prayer. Don't just ask once and then believe that it's happened. God sometimes says, hey, keep on praying. Because every time you pray, there's greater revelation and greater authority comes in faith. In the name of Jesus. The prayer offered in faith. The effect, effective and fervent prayer of a righteous man is powerful. It's effective. Things change. And because it doesn't change straight away, we think, oh, it didn't work. Do you realize that there's change happening? Whenever you pray, something happens. First of all, often you start to change. Your faith starts to grow. God starts to heal your heart. Get all the agendas and junk out of your soul so then you can be a part of the answer. I love praying prayers for people to get free. Sometimes the Lord says, how about you pray this prayer? Lord, make me the answer to someone else's prayer. How awesome is that? You start praying for your husband or wife or your, your child and then all of a sudden God will start to deal with you and then you become the answer to their prayer. That changes the whole focus. Instead of about you, it becomes about him and others. Wow, how awesome is it when God uses you to be the answer to someone else's prayer? That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. The message version gives us, even I love the message, just puts it in words that we can grab a hold of. Are you hurting? Pray. Do you feel great? Sing. Are you sick? Call the church elders. Lead us together to pray and anoint you with oil in the name of the Master. Believing prayer will heal you and Jesus will put you on your feet. If you've sinned, you'll be forgiven, healed inside and out. Wow. Healed inside and out. 
Sometimes we just want the physical healing. God says, well, I need to actually sort out and heal your soul and your thinking and your mind so that you can maintain your healing. Sometimes he doesn't heal you on the outside straight away because he knows he needs to heal you on the inside and the very pain and pressure sometimes pushes you to a place where you are willing to let him heal and change you on the inside because he loves you so much. And it goes on. Make this your common practice. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you can live together whole and healed. Wow, that's why we have life groups and small groups and prayer partners. You pray for one another. You confess with one another your sins or your weaknesses or your needs. And then you grow. One of the meanings of that word sins is weaknesses. It's not always that you've committed a gross sin. It's weaknesses. Hey, I need some help. I need some strength and support in this area of my life. Whenever the money gets tight, I really just struggle to trust God. Get someone to pray in with you every time you come to that area. And it goes on and says, The prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with. Wow. Just think about that for a moment. The prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with. Because one of the meanings of righteous is right living, right relationship with God. And it even has the connotation that righteous means that you are right living with God and with one another. So it's not just getting this right, it's getting this right. Because 1 Peter 3, I think it is, talks about husbands. If you don't love your wives and treat them with grace and kindness and care, God won't hear your prayers. Uh Uh-oh. That's a hand grenade for a few guys here right now. Why? Because if you're not living right with God and with those in your circle, you are hindering or limiting what God can do in that situation. And God will sometimes pull back until you push forward and let Him change your heart. He loves us too much to let us go on 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 destructive ways and just get every prayer answered like that. When you pray, you change. When you pray, you become the answer to someone else's prayer. I think, Lord, help us to get a hold of that in our lives. Faith believes the promises of God and is not controlled by feelings or circumstances alone. Mark eleven twenty two says, Have faith in God. Jesus answered, Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, Go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Wow. Wow. That's prayer of faith where you keep believing because some of the stuff has to happen in the spirit before it is manifest in the natural. It's awesome when the instantaneous prayer is answered. But God often takes us on a journey of breakthrough, of faith, of trust. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. Here it is again, right living with God and with one another, and then you'll see more prayers answered. Wow, He loves us too much to let us go down that journey of selfish destruction. Faith believes the promises of God. It's not controlled by feelings or circumstances alone. 
Prayer and time spent with the Lord changes us as much or more as it changes others and the situations we're praying for. My faith, trust, confidence, truth, freedom, openness grows. It's more about Jesus and others than just ourselves. just want to talk for a couple more minutes before we wrap up. Don't waste the challenges and pressures that you are in. Pray that they push you closer to the Lord and also into a place of change in you. The very things that are causing you challenge or irritation or pressure, either within your own mind or body or in someone else around you, can be the very thing that God wants to use to draw you to himself. Because when things are going well, we become very self-sufficient. I know I'm the same. When everything's going well, you pray and worship. But when there's some challenge or need, you think, God, help! We need some money to build our new home for the harvest. Lord, help me. That keeps me on my knees, crying out to God, because I don't know where the $4 million is going to come from. But he's promised it's coming, so I keep praying. When there's sickness in your family, God, help us. We need this breakthrough. It will cause you to cry out to God. He doesn't cause the problem, but he uses it to transform us. The Spirit of God will draw us. Draw near to God and He will draw near to you. There are some challenges in some of your lives that are really huge. And sometimes you say, well, God, you told me to do it. Now I'm in the middle of it and it's over my head. Guess what? He's going to find a way for you to swim, not sink. So I stepped out to honor you in this business. I stepped out to honor you in this ministry. And now, Lord, it's just overwhelming me. Guess what? What he started, he will finish. But he wants you to depend on him every day. And that's prayer and worship together because you will make it. Your family situation is not impossible. God's spirit can turn it around. But you've got to let him keep changing you. And the closer you get to God, the closer he gets to you. And then he comes knocking on the door of that area of your life that you've kept closed. No, Lord, we're not going back there. That's too painful. God doesn't dig up your past for the sake of it. But if there is pain and wounds and brokenness in your soul and it's still affecting you now or in the future, guess what? He will take you there because he wants to heal you and release you. He wants you to visit so you can be forgiven and restored. And there are some people here and you wonder, why is life so hard? The Spirit of God spoke to me last night as I was preparing this. He said, some of you find life unnecessarily difficult because you've got one or two rooms in your heart that are still locked to the Lord. And I've heard you say these words to God, God, that's too painful. I'm not going to open that door. You're making life unnecessarily difficult. We all have junk in our lives. None of us have had the perfect upbringing. We've all had some dysfunction (coughs) or challenges in our lives. Words have been said about us or against us because we're breathing on this planet and we've got an enemy. If people haven't done it, the enemy certainly tried to sow his schemes against us. And I don't want you to go and dig up the past that's under the blood of Jesus. But if there are issues in your soul that as soon as God gets you close to that, you say, no way, and you get fear and all that comes because when you have had brokenness and God has truly healed you you can talk about it as a testimony and it doesn't cause you to be in pain or weeping every time you do it 
And if you are still weeping or locking off, it means you're not free in that area of your soul. You're still in prison in that room of your soul. That's how you know whether God needs to touch some things of authority issues, brokenness, abuse, neglect, whatever. And as I shared the other week, I was reading a book on holidays and it really jumped off the page. Jesus came to set the captives free and he came to release the prisoners. Prisoners are people who are in prison because they've done something wrong or illegal. Captives, you are captive because someone else has done something to you and Jesus clearly promised he will release both of you. I'm amazed how God removes all the excuses. (laughs) We just don't have any excuses left. He says, I'll set the prisoners free and the captives. That's such good news. Such good news because he loves us. And the more we pray, the more we worship, the more room we make for God in our life and the more he will change you so that you can then change others. Worship team, come on down. I believe God's calling us to pray, to worship, to take authority. Don't be bowed down by sin and shame and fear. And some of you look back now and you think, well, God has sent someone regularly to help me in this area and I keep pushing them away out of fear or rejection. You need to stop and say, pray a different prayer. Say, Lord, why do I keep doing that? And he's, It's probably because you're afraid or hurting. You don't want to be hurt again. God knows all of that. He's created you. But he says, I want to heal and release your soul so you don't have to live with this shadow or wound inside. And you will know when you're free because you'll be able to talk about it to others and help bring life to them and it won't be a crushing pain over your soul. It'll be grace. You think, wow, Lord, you took my life that was once broken and in this area you have healed me and given me hope and now I can bless others. I feel the Spirit of God just touching some hearts right now. And we're not going to have a big confession session right now, but I think some of you in your own prayers this coming weeks say, Lord, are you touching my heart and wanting to release me so that my prayers can be powerful and effective so I can live right with you and with others because then my prayers are effective and powerful. He hears the cry of your heart. He wants you to have authority in prayer, to command the atmosphere to change, the power of Jesus to flow through our lives. And we have that in Jesus' name. But let me tell you, the more free and whole and healed you are, the more the authority flows out of you and God will trust you with more and more of his kingdom purposes because he loves us. Let's stand in his presence. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.